Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. Last week, Latitude Financial failed to list on the Australian Securities Exchange. So did institutions get it wrong with the Latitude IPO or is something else at play here? Hello, I'm Dale Gillen, Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now in this report, we'll investigate the failure of Latitude IPO along with the buy now, pay later space. I'll also look at the market and answer all of your questions. Now, before we move on, show your support for the channel and hit that subscribe button just down there. And remember to click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune in to our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. This is a show where you get to ask us, the stock market and trading experts, to look at your favorite stocks and answer all of your questions. So what went on with the Latitude IPO? Well, after being snubbed by overseas institutional investors, Latitude Financial's second attempt to list on the Australian Securities Exchange failed. This is despite local investors strongly in support of its initial public offering. So you have to ask if institutions actually got this one wrong. Well, there's an old saying that everything is for sale at a price. However, whilst I believe the asking price for Latitude's IPO was a, a little high, as I stated in my report last week, it seemed the broader market also agreed. Given this, Latitude dropped the asking price not long before it pulled the plug on the IPO altogether. And the reason given was that the IPO was not supported by overseas institutions. So did they get it wrong? Well, in my opinion, they wrongly put Latitude in the same category as our banks. So yes, I do think they got it wrong. Latitude is profitable. And whilst it's more of an old school finance company, it has a long history of trading and is a much broader offering than Afterpay or Zip, who are just buy now, pay later companies. That said, the heat has somewhat cooled on the buy now, pay later space. And so whilst I believe Latitude may not have reached the dizzying growth of Afterpay and Zippay, if it had floated, it would have been a success for all investors. We will never really know why institutional investors avoided this float, and I suspect the reason might be something other than what we're being led to believe. In my opinion, institutions may have been more concerned about having another short-term loan company listing on the exchange and how this might dilute the demand for Afterpay and Zippay. Or it may have just been because of perceived headwinds in the buy now and pay later space. Having another company in the short term payment space would also most likely trigger a rebalance of portfolios. 
particularly given that Sezzle, a US buy now pay later company, only listed on the Australian exchange in late July. Since listing almost 60 days ago on the 30th of July, Sezzle has really only traded sideways, and as of today, it's slightly down on its initial public opening price of $2.50. Now, maybe Latitude's fail to launch was bad timing, wrong pricing, or something else we can only speculate about. What I would hope is that Latitude does make another attempt to list, as it may just be third time lucky. Let's now take a look at the top and bottom performing sectors and stocks. Looking at the sectors on the Australian market, it was another interesting week. After starting the week strongly, the sectors showed weakness following reports that unemployment has dropped, and this diluted the probability of another interest rate cut in November. After being in the red the week prior, energy was the strong performer up over 2.5%, whilst healthcare was up just over 2%, and consumer discretionary just up over 1.5%. Now given the BHP and Rio both fell heavily last week, once again we see the material sector was the worst performer, down over 2.5%. Information technology was also slightly in the red, down 1%, whilst utilities and communication services were slightly in the red for the week. Now looking at the stocks in the ASX Top 100, IWF was the big mover after positive news that it will pay AMP $125 million less for its superannuation business. CYBG was once again the big mover for last week, up over 14%. That said, I urge investors not to get too excited about this stock as it is rebounding after huge falls, which could just be a sucker's rally. Another financial stock, Challenger, was up strongly, finishing last week up over 13%, and AMP, even after the IWF news, closed 8% higher. Again, I caution investors not to get too excited about AMP and buying just because it's cheap right now, as this could be very dangerous. The worst performers for the week include Northern Star Resources, down over 14%. Evolution Mining down over 10%, with Newcrest and Fortescue down around 6%. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's take a look at our charts for the S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for this week. We'll also answer all of your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me. Alrighty, the Australian market didn't quite do what I expected last week. It was quite resilient moving up for the first few days of the week and then came down uh, on Friday. So it sort of went nowhere. But what I want to share with you today is more a little bit more of a long-term view. And I know I've said this a few times on my report is that too many people think or they look at the market very short term by looking at the news every morning and, and then that determines whether they have a good day or not. You know, if the Dow's up, the Dow's down or something, um, that determines whether they have a great day. But let's go and have a look. at. I'm going to look at the monthly chart on the All Lord News Index and then I'll go to the weekly one and we can have a look at what happened last week and what I think is going to happen moving forward. So on the screen right now, you're going to be seeing the monthly chart. Now, I've got it set up from the low back in uh, 2007 after that, uh, the after the GFC. And you can see here how the market really comes up and down around this green line. It keeps bumping its head on it. And this is really what happened up through here, which is our all-time high. There at 6958.7 points. And really, it's been sideways since here, since June 2019, which is only a few months away. Or go, sorry, 6699.2 points. And here, if we put on that close there, you can see a 6758.4. 
four points. So not a lot of movement in our market since June. So it is falling over, but it's not going to be crashing. And this is really what I continue to say to people. It's not going to crash. Uh, and it really can't crash the way our unemployment figures are down. Things are looking a little bit better, and I think too many people listen to too much news and a whole lot of what I would call BS, and that makes people do emotional things. And for example, markets can't crash. If everybody thinks it's going to crash, then everybody who thought that would not be in the market at that point. Uh, therefore, we should have seen the market falling down, which means the smart end of the money is on the bullishness of our market. But that's it. Short term, I still think it's going to be bearish. Now, looking back on my weekly chart that I do, uh, obviously, this is the, the, the preferred strategy at this point in time. Now, I haven't quite got it right, so but I've got it right in terms of that low there. It, it came right into that low there at 6954. But it's moved up over the last two weeks. So we've seen it close higher here and close high here last week. I had expected last week would fall away and come down into here. Now, I was originally thinking that if we had the high here nice and early, that the low would happen nice and early. And whilst it's possible this is the low, um, at that six, was the low there? It, uh, let me get my point right, 6594, which is just above that area. It is possible that this is a low. I still think it's probably got a little bit more to go, um, but we'll actually know this week, uh, pretty much this week, if not in the next 10 days. Now, if the market does go down this week, then this low here or that, that low of 59460 will be broken and it will fall down into that last part. So let me draw another, I'll get rid of get rid of that now. We, we know that's not correct. And if we use our trend arrow tool again, let me see if it's here somewhere. Trend arrow, there it is. What I would expect to happen from here is this, down into this sort of area around about that. And that's not an unusual shape for our market to do. Now, obviously at this point in time, not a lot of downside move, and this is where you don't really need to worry too much about it because from that close last Friday, there is 2.49%, there is 5.39%. If it goes down to the bottom end of my target at 6.2, then that's only 8% fall from the current levels. That's absolutely nothing to be too worried about. But one of those two levels, either that 6300 level or that 6200 point level will pull our market up and it will go bullish again. And I still think it's going to be bullish right through to the end of the year. Now, just to give you a bit of an idea of my target for next year, if I just drag that down, that's my target there, around about seven and a half thousand points into next year. So I think the market is looking good at this point in time. But uh, that's it for me on the market. So let's go and have a look at your questions. Alrighty, the first question that I've got is from uh, Billy, uh, Billy McGurr, uh, and he says, Hi, Dale and Janine. Can you explain more about why AMP stock has fallen in value so much? Do you think it has bottomed out yet? Um, pretty much, uh, I... How do I say it? AMP has, it's it's a lot of issues in AMP, a lot, a lot of issues in AMP. They've had lots of fines, all sorts of stuff. That's really why it's going down. It, why it's fallen so much is that the market doesn't like it. And, and that's pretty much as simple as you need to worry about it. It's, I always say to people, buy things going up, sell things going down. So it sounds as if you own AMP because you're asking about why has it fallen so much? But you may not be, you might be trying to bottom pick and I'd suggest don't ever do that. And I'm gonna have a look at AMP in a second so you can see there, but I don't really care why it's gone down so much. I don't care why stock goes up so much. All I need to do is determine when I'm in it and when I'm not in it. Um, and as I was saying, is getting into stocks that are moving up, 
not ones that are falling away like AMP has been. And, and so many times people have tried to buy cheap, which I talk about in my book, Accelerate Your Wealth. People tend to buy cheap because I think it's fallen a lot. Should I get into it? Has it bottomed out yet? Uh, and the question, and not being rude to you, the question is irrelevant. Has it bottomed out yet? You're not trying to pick the bottom. What you're trying to pick is a safe place to enter. And that's really what I try and tell people in my book is stop trying to bottom pick because you'll get it wrong most of the time. A stock that is bearish has high probability of continuing to be bearish until it's not. And you need to confirm when it's not bearish. And if you don't have the skills, the best thing is just to wait for it to rise up. And a lot of people are trying to get some of that profit or they have that fear of missing out on some of that profit. Let's go and have a look at the chart now. Now on your screen, on the left hand side of the screen, there is a monthly chart and you can see how bearish AMP has been. And on the right hand side of the screen, that's the weekly chart. Now if I bring up the monthly chart on AMP, you can see this stock has been really bearish ever since it's formed pretty much or listed on the stock exchange way back in 1998. And if I just look at the more recent moves um, from obviously this point, if I put my little pointer on, you can see here or my little tool on, you can see to the close last Friday, it's down 75.52%. This is a very, very bearish stock. And people bottom pick through here only to see it fall away. Anybody that bought in, roughly, let's say somebody bought in, let's say they waited for a little bit and bought in on this week, they would now be down 67.53%. Uh, That's really bad news. Some people might have bought it in here. Some people might have bought it in here only to see it fall over. There's plenty of times when a market will move up. Some people may have bought in here, and I know people that did, none of our students, but some people did, thinking, oh, it's bottomed and it's going up, only for it to fall away again. Now, be very, very careful. Let's go back to the weekly chart, and I'll go and have a look at that. This is not telling me it's, it's found some support. Yes, last week it went up. Yes, last week it gapped up a little bit and it traded up 14 cents for a dollar um, 65 stock. If I just bring that up, you'll see a little bit better. So last week it rose. This is why you don't need to look at the market. It rose 8% last week and people think, wow, let's get into AMP. It moved up 8%. That's what I was talking about is when you're looking very, very closely at the market, news, what's happening on the day, what's happening on the week, you're going to get it wrong a hell of a lot of time. Just because a stock rises 8% doesn't mean you should buy it. I would rather let that stock rise 30 and 40%, come back down and test that, that the low has happened that it stopped going down and then get into it. And people say, well, why would you leave that much profit on the table? Because it's safer. It's about what's safe. And it's always about minimizing risk. Great question. Uh, but again, sit out of AMP and wait uh, and be patient because the money will happen or come to you once it's proven it stopped falling. Right now it's not doing that. So let's move on to the next question I've got and I'll just have a look and see what it is. It's Stephen R. Uh, we, I can't say your surname, Stephen, but that's okay. I'm sure you understand. Um, Stephen goes, what is your view of A2M or A2 Milk? Um, also, do you have any comment on recommendations? Um, example, Goldman Sachs or Morningstar Quantitative. Thank you. Um, I'll go and have a look at uh, A2 Milk in a second. I will have a look at the chart on that. But as far as broker recommendations, I don't look at them ever. Um, one is I'm skilled enough I don't need to. I pick all my own stocks and do all my own analysis and so does Janine. So that's one thing. But even as a, an investor many, 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 many years ago, I learned really, really quickly that looking at broker reports is a sure way to not make a lot of money because at the end of the day is the big end of town, and we're talking about the big funds, the big um, in, um, um, investment managers, 
they all are taking up the majority of the trading on the stock exchange. So when you're looking at, say, let's AMP, we were just talking about, they would trade millions and millions and millions on the stock exchange as they adjust their portfolios for the managed funds that they do have. BTs is exactly the same. So guess who the brokers work for? They're the ones doing the buying and selling for them, and so they're working for them, not necessarily you. So when they put out reports, they're trying to get you to be emotional. So I just disregard it. You'll actually have more mistakes um, in terms of what they do. Yes, there's some truth in those, but then again, they don't want to tell you the great stuff because the, the big end of town wants to buy when uh, you're thinking they're still going down, and there's lots of examples of that, but stay away from lots of those reports really understand and look at the charts because the chart will actually tell you what's going on so let's get onto the chart of a2 milk now I'll just click it on there so we can have a bit of a look at it again left hand side is a monthly chart the right hand side is a weekly chart and a2 milk is currently bearish as you rightly point out there so if i go and look at a2 milk and look at the close from here from that close to here it's down 20 something percent um, and it's just showing it's quite bearish. Right now, it doesn't look like it has signs of being bullish. It gapped up here early last week, but traded low. It suggests, suggests to me it's gonna to continue to go down and it'll break below that low of $11.93. And there's several reasons why you wouldn't be in this stock now from a technical reason. Um, and you could have, or you should have exited if you do own that sort of stuff. But again, I don't really need to understand what the, the quantitative analysis is. Technical analysis is telling me this stock is falling. And the reason why I'm saying all this about brokers and uh, et cetera is because when the big end of town is buying and selling, every single trade goes through the ASX, every single one. So the amount um, and also how many shares are transacted. Everything goes through the ASX. When it goes through the ASX and after the market has closed, the ASX lets that um, lets that data, it's feeding data all day long to, different, to, to the industry basically. But at the end of the day, everybody gets the data of what's been transacted during the day in terms of every, every buy, every sell, every, every tick that, that that stock would move on to. Then that goes into charts and it's unadulterated, unmanipulated data. So a chart will tell you exactly what's gone on for that day, week, month, or year. And so if, if the big end of town is selling, it will show up on a chart. If they're buying, it will show up on a chart. That's why I don't need to rely on broker reports very much because generally they're old news by the time they come out. Yes, they can write some stuff on what they think, but the chart will tell me actually what they're doing or what the big end of town is doing. And if you want to get in on that ride, then you can get in on that ride if you understand how to read the charts properly. But great question, uh, Stephen. But let's move on to the next one. Now, the next one is a quite interesting question, actually. It's from Nelson. Uh, and Nelson says, hi, Dale. What are your current views on Wes Farmers and Woolworths? He said, both have had great years. And yes, they both have had great years. They are two stocks I'm looking to add to my portfolio for a more medium to longer term view. Um, have I left my run too late? And uh, we'll have a bit of a look at that. Should I be looking for other opportunities? Thanks for your efforts with your YouTube channel. So that's my pleasure, but let's have a look at those couple of stocks for you. Now looking at uh, Wes Farmers, these are great stocks as you rightly pointed out, they're beautiful stocks. Um, right now, should you be buying Wes Farmers? I don't, look, I don't really think you've left your run too late. I think they're always good for medium to long term portfolios because, and I'll say that because remember I talk about stop losses all the time or having an exit position. Uh, and this is also a little bit about what I was talking about earlier with AMPs. Don't buy stocks that are falling away. If you bought Wes Farmers and Woolworths now, if you put a 15% stop loss in underneath whatever your buy price is, then the biggest 
uh, amount you stand to lose is 15% roughly with cost or any little bit of slippage there. But if this thing moves up 10 or 15 or 20% and you still got a 15% stop loss on it, uh, then you have, and you have a trailing exit like we talk about in my book, Accelerate Your Wealth, then you're gonna be out of it as a profit. So what's the downside risk of buying a stock that's moving up? It's a lot less than something that's moving down. And the thing is, people try and buy stocks like AMP and they think, oh, it's bottomed out now. But has it really? They're speculating and they're trading on speculation, not confirmation. There is no doubt this stock here this is Wes Farmers. There's no doubt in anybody's mind if they look at this chart that it's going up. So therefore it makes a very, very low risk trade. Now I'm not telling you to buy it or not to buy it. All I'm saying is, is it's going up at this point in time. And if a stock's going up and it's been very bullish and it's hit its all time high, it has a high probability of continuing to do so until it doesn't. And that's why we protect the downside risk. Let's go to Woolworths now and have a bit of a look at that. And you can see here, it's moving right up beautifully here on that monthly chart, but it's getting near to a very heavy resistance level here being that all time high. Now I'm not suggesting it's not gonna blow through that. I'm just suggesting that 38.92, it may slow down a little bit and has a little bit here. But if it starts to move up, again, it's the same argument that I have with West Farmers, it's bullish. There is no doubt in my mind, this stock is bullish. So if you choose to buy a stock like this and you put a protected downside, then your risk is very, very minimal. Um, and the upside potential is so much better than looking at an AMP. If we go back to AMP quickly and you look at this, buying this at this point in time, that's easily seen that anybody, even a six-year-old child can tell you that's going down. So buying stocks that are going up is far smarter than trying to bottom pick. You're trying to pick these stocks that are going up, you're gonna get that right more often or not. And if you protect your downside risk, there's nothing to worry about. But, uh, but it really is something that you, everybody needs to look at. And everybody, uh, I find when they're trying to buy and sell stocks uh, in terms of the market and they're trying to read what's going on, they're reading all these broker reports, they're listening to all the news, but in, at the end of the day, Let's look at a chart, it'll tell you what's going on. If you have a few rules around buying and selling, then you'll do much, much, much better. But uh, thanks guys for sending in those questions and thanks for everybody who sends in their questions. Um, and thanks for watching until the end of this video. But if you do have any questions and that you'd like me to answer them, just stick them below there in the chat forum and I will get answering them. So get typing uh, and then I'll bring uh, my answers up or I'll look at those stocks for you in the next week's report. Remember that here on this channel, we do these Monday market reports every single week. And we also do a live stream every Tuesday night at 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So hit that subscribe button also. Remember we need you to support the channel. So hit the subscribe button and click the bell on the right of it so you know that we've uploaded um, videos that go live. I'm Dale Gillam. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.